Music Business What Is This is a podcast that focuses on the ever-changing music industry and presents issues and concerns that the average and above average musician has or will encounter. Hey everybody, I am Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. And this is Music Business. What is this? Today we're going to be talking about setting up a tour. That's right, a tour. I know that sounds good to everybody because we all want to tour for several reasons. There's the financial part of it, Mm -hmm. but it's also fun. Yep. You know, musicians love touring when they're young. Oh yeah, it's uh, you get a lot of time to... For the camaraderie, you know, right, you right. get a lot of time to bond with your bandmates and it's just a good experience in general. Yeah. You know, every time I hear the word tour, you know what I think of? What's that? It means time of unlikely rest. Wow. <laughs> Never thought about it. Yeah. Just way. think about it. Time of unlikely rest. Mm. If you've got a good tour, you're not going to get a lot of rest. Right. <laughs> and that could be self-inflicted or it could be because of the gigs. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it. Setting up a tour. Um, I think it's important to consider, first thing, is a tour necessary? Hmm. A tour is not necessary all the time, especially with social media today. Mm-hmm. You can stay right in your house and make a pretty significant income. Right. So yeah. I think you need to ask yourself, why do I want to go on tour? Right. Right. Is it because you want to experience a new place, a new country? Is it for the camaraderie of the band, which mm-hmm. you were talking about? Is it because you think you're going to make more money financially? There's several reasons for a tour. Right. Is it to promote your brand? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to consider first why. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't think about that. They're just like, oh, we're going to Japan. I'm in. Right. <laughs> and I hear you. I've been there. I've done it and I had a great time. But I think it's something to really think about when it's you and your band Mm. and your brand. Right. Right. Just think about that band and brand. Mm. Those two things are important when you're a side man. Yes, you do have a brand. People are looking at you, but it's generally somebody else's show. Right. So why is this tour necessary? Okay. So setting up a tour, what do you think the first things needed? When setting up a tour, what is the first thing needed? Con- contacts. That's the thing that contacts. I think. Okay. Yeah, so you, you need, need to have someone or you need to make the contacts. Right. Right. So this is where the manager, or the booking agent usually comes in. So let's say you don't have that. You have to put together this tour yourself. You have to figure out where am I going to tour? Tour means you're going to a place that's different. Mm-hmm. It's out of your realm of normality. Yeah. Right. You could tour in a different part of a country. You can tour in a complete different country. You have to consider who's your audience. And are they in that region where you want to tour? Right. So as basic as that sounds, I don't think a lot of people really put those two together. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, I want to tour. I don't care where I go. I just want to tour. Right. That's not going to be music su- out there. Right. Right. Yeah. Get it out there. That doesn't equal success. Mm-hmm. And people don't hear that. I just want to get out and play. Great. There's plenty of places for you to get out and play. Doesn't mean a lot of people are going to show up. Mm-hmm. You have to first consider what is your music? And are the people where you want to tour open to you? Playing that music and hearing it and receiving it. Mm-hmm. An example. Let's say you play country music. 
and you decide to go, I don't know, Bronx, New York, mm. where everybody's a hip hop fan. Yeah. <laughs> your tour is probably not going to be as successful as you want. Right. And that's an extreme case. Right. But even with that, if it's not that extreme, you have to consider where is the audience in this place I'm touring? Right. Right. And and it may be an audience. There may be an audience in a place you don't suspect. I bring that up because I was talking to a friend of mine uh, in Spain. I have uh, weekly conversations with people overseas. And one of the last things I ever expected him to say to me was, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to a resort weekend with my wife and we're listening to all country music. Mm. He's in Spain. He said, we're taking our outfits, we dress up, we listen to cowboy music, mm. and that's what they do for three days. Mm. And I'm like, are you serious? In Spain? He said, yeah, and there's probably 10,000 people there. I'm like, wow, that's an amazing group of people. And think, I'm thinking about numbers and audiences. Right. I would have never thought to go to this town in Spain. And he was like, yeah, we go two, three times a year. Wow. So I bring that up. Um, so people can see and understand you have to find out where your music is going to be accepted in that mm -hmm. situation it's they're going to be open to country bands yeah. even though it's spain mm -hmm. right so you have to figure out where is a good place for you to go where people are going to enjoy it listen to it accept you buy your product and then you can start to thinking about setting up a tour right. if you just set up a random tour you know you don't know who's going to show up first of all it's hard to get people out now out to a venue period yeah even more so after the pandemic right people are looking to go out but still a lot of people aren't so you have to take that into account mm -hmm. right so if you have thirty thousand people in your audience and that whole audience is in europe you have a fan base there mm -hmm. so let's say you have a friend who likes your music they bring two other friends okay you may be able to fill out a club of three or four hundred people mm-hmm but you have to understand first, where is your music successful? Going to an area where it's not successful is going to be difficult. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go, but you have to be strategic about when you go and the size of the location. Mm -hmm. Right. If your music's not popular there and you're set on going and expanding the audience, you may not want to rent out a venue of 5000 people. You may want to go with a hundred seater mm -hmm. and have people standing outside. Yeah. So these things go into thinking about setting up a tour. So the location and location based upon are people open to hearing you. Mm. Right. So that's, that's the first thing um, I'd like to say. Second thing um, you have to look at your brand and look at does this brand um, work in this venue. Lots of cities will have certain types of venues, mm -hmm. right? Um, you could go to Europe, Germany, and just by the structure of the buildings, you're going to find more locations that have hard surfaces just because of the constructions of, of the building. True. Right. So it, if you go over there, yeah, you're going to find jazz, you'll, you'll find some rock, you'll find different styles. But you have to think about, is, is your music going to sound good in these venues? Mm -hmm. If it's not going to sound good in these venues, you have to think about, okay, do I want to go there? 
So that that should be a priority. Right. Like, what is the venue I'm going to be playing in? You know, we talked a little bit in another podcast about playing in different venues. Mm. And is your music going to sound good in there? Right. So you have to consider someone could say, oh, yeah, we've got tons of venues. Mm. That's awesome because that gives you more possibilities. But if all those venues are the same, it's going to be easier to figure out where you should go and where you should not go. Right. Right. Okay, so you have to consider the actual venue. Mm. Second thing, or third thing, I would say is you have to consider is the timing of year. What, mm. what time of year is it? Yeah. Right? There, there are times of years, you know, certain periods that are better than others, depending yeah. upon you, your job, your lifestyles, and the place you're going. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe it makes sense to go during the summer. Because people have more time off to see you. There are more festivals. There are more opportunities. Yeah. But it all depends on what your product is. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I did a, a Christmas CD with a group called Los Asesinos, a Latin salsa group. It's yeah. all salsa, but it's Christmas tunes. Mm. I'm not going to be touring with that group in the summer. <laughs> you know? Right. It's just what it is. Yeah. But... I could go and tour when it's Christmas time with that music in different parts of mm-hmm. the world. And you have to also remember the weather is not the same uh, during Christmas time. Mm. So you have to consider these things. For instance, when people see Christmas or they think about Christmas and they see the movies, they think, oh, it's snow, right? It's white out. But, it, but that's not the situation if you go to Chile. Right. It's summertime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so down there, they're wearing shorts. They're at the beach. It's summertime. And I love that, too. But you have to consider all these different factors when setting up a tour. A gig is different than a tour. Mm. And this is the fourth thing I want to talk about. Um, It's interesting with social media nowadays. It used to be you didn't have a tour unless you were out for like more than at least a week. It used to be like two weeks, then (laughs) minimal. If you really go back in the day, a tour was like a month. Right. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've talked to cats, played with cats um, who talk about the 60s, 50s. And yeah, those cats. A friend of mine told me he was out once for like three months touring. Mm. That's a tour. Yeah. What's the longest tour you've done? I would say about three weeks. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. The longest tour I've done is 10 weeks. Mm. I went out with the United States government and did all of South America, Central America, except for Colombia. And that was that was a tour. Yeah. Ten weeks. Mm. And they asked me before I went, they were like, hey, you know, you I had done two other tours from them before. One was four weeks. One was five weeks. And they said they were very successful. We want to bring this opportunity to you. They had seen that I had filled out that I wanted to go to South America. Mm four times and they sent me everywhere but South America mm-hmm. so then finally they said hey do you want to go to South America and I was like you obviously have seen <laughs> yes and they said okay this is extreme but do you want to do 10 weeks I said of course <laughs> you know it was like a no brainer to me yeah. I could do that back then now it's it's a long time so you have to consider what is a length of time that's going to work for you mm. You may have a family, you may have a teaching job. So you have to figure out what is reasonable when setting up this tour. Yep. You know, because some venues are not going to want you just for one night. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. They may say, hey, come to our club. We want you to do four or five, six nights in a row. Right. Okay, great. I, I love those because you're in one place. Mm-hmm. But then after there, you may go to another city. That's one night or two nights. You may have a day off. So you have to figure out what is the maximum amount of time that you can be gone, depending on your situation. And right. that varies for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this podcast is for students and they're probably just saying, I just want to get out there and be gone as long as I can because <laughs> I've been there. Right. Um, so you have to consider, OK, is school an issue? Is it during the summer? Is it during winter break? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the fourth thing I would consider. Fifth thing. How are you getting in between these different locations? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you flying? Transportation. Yeah. Right. Transportation. Are you on a bus? Are you your train? Is it a combination of all those things? Because all those things add up to a number. And you have to see, is that number reasonable for you to make this tour with your equipment? That's the thing you can't forget. There's you, but there's also your equipment or your instrument. Mm -hmm. Right. I play piano. So generally, if there's a piano there, I'm good. The downfall of that, I don't know what kind of piano I'm going to get. But it's different if you play bass or saxophone. Most saxophone players have their instrument. They're going to have to be lugging that around. Mm. Right. So you have to consider these things because once again, there's a cost in that. Mm. And that cost, if you're a leader, comes back to you, Mm. whether you see it or not. Mm. Right. So you have to consider, okay, we're getting on the bus. It's the cheapest thing we can do. Yeah. You may be able to do that when you're 20, 22. Mm. Right. And just take whatever instruments are there when you get there. That may not be the reality of a situation when you're 30, 35, mm-hmm. you've got sound men, you know, depending on your music, you may need some equipment. Mm-hmm. Every location is not going to have what you need. Yeah. So your tour is going to be based on these things. How portable is your equipment? Maybe easy, may not be. There may be a charge every time you get on that flight because you've got these six extra bags. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and, and that fee is going to change every time with every different airline, even with the same airline. Mm-hmm. I've been on airlines and they let me get on for free with two bags going out and then coming back from Europe. They were like, nope, it's going to be $100 a bag. I was like, but it's the same airline. Here's yeah. the proof of it. You didn't charge. Nothing's changed. The weight's the same. So you have to prepare for these things. Yeah. Right. Which leads me to talk about the budget. Mm. Um, Who's financing this tour? And a lot of people say, well, we're planning a venue. They're going to pay. Well, you have to consider, is it a promoter? Is it a venue? Are they paying you by the door? Mm. Is there a set fee? Depending on your style of music, um, there's a lot of gigs that still pay by the door. A lot of people look at that negatively, and I understand that. That could be good depending where you're at. Mm. But you have to really do your homework and see where is this tour. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We all want to have sales ahead of time because that's guaranteed money. Mm. So, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, if, if, if the door gig is the only gig you could get, you have a day off. Some money's better than no money. Yeah. If everything fits your brand, right? If the hall is right, the community is right, you have to consider these things in setting up a tour mm. and then communicate that with, with your band. Yeah. Um, setting up a tour 
when you're new at it, to be honest, most of the time somebody is going to take a loss. Mm. Most of the time. And it depends on how you look at it. It could be the leader or it could be someone who's funding it outright. They're taking a loss and hopes to make a gain at a, on another tour or a year or two if you show you have potential. Mm. A lot of people don't understand, okay, I'm a leader. Um, who's taking the cost. Sometimes leaders don't get paid on tours. And that's just, it's just, I don't want to say accept it, but I mean, it's been that way for a long time until after a couple tours and then they're making significantly more money and then it's easier to level out. Mm. So you have to figure out how is this tour going to operate and at whose expense? Mm. Is it at my expense? Some people say, I'll never do that if I'm not getting paid. Okay, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's it's an option. Mm. But then you have to look at some of these great bands where that's what happened and you never hear about it. You mm. won't know that, mm-hmm. right, to get that band out to sell that product. You hear about some groups who are out there selling loads of downloads and CDs, products, streams, whatever, because they're touring. Mm. Because they're touring. Without that tour, they may not have that. Mm. But at the end of the day, the finances of where's the money coming from for the flights, the trains, the buses, the food. And you can say the venues, but most of the time it doesn't add up Mm. until you get to a certain level. Right. Then you can make some commands or demands on things and level it out. Mm -hmm. And it still doesn't mean the tour is going to pay a whole pile of money. Right. Um, but you have to be able to see the long-term vision of if this tour is needed, mm-hmm. right? Everyone wants the tour because it's fun and you're making money, but you also have to think about the reverse. Who's losing money, mm-hmm. right? It could be the leader. It could be the bandmates, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they, some will tell you, some won't. Um, it could be the promoter. It could be the manager. And if that's happening, most of the time, they're sticking around hoping that it pays off in the back end and two years, three years, four years, five years. Hence a contract you may have with this manager or booking agent or whatever it is. There's usually a time frame on it. So you want to consider all those things um, when setting up a tour. Anything on your mind? Uh, well, a lot of good information from someone who's set up plenty of tours and been on plenty of tours uh, as someone who hasn't set up my own tour, but has been on other people's tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, what comes to mind for me is uh, getting information while you're on other people's tour about the venues that you're playing at, mm-hmm. the promoters who, you know, who are accommodating. So you're talking about you. the itinerary. The itinerary. Yeah. Um, everybody wants a good itinerary. I, I love a great itinerary. Or yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, I said getting information, but I, what I meant to say was making connections while okay. you're on someone else's tour. Uh, because we talked about uh, looking at the venues mm-hmm. and realizing what venues you're playing at. Maybe I'm on your tour and while I'm there in Europe somewhere. Oh, okay, so you're talking about the network of connections you make with other people yeah. in order to get other gigs and tours. Right, for your okay. own, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> 
that's another great thing about a tour. Right. You know, the connections you make with other bands. Yeah. If it's a festival, sometimes you're doing tours with other bands. That's the coolest. Mm-hmm. If you're moving around with two other groups and they're hip. Yeah. I mean, you get to hear them nightly. You may end up on those gigs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're able to make these connections on tours um, and physically be in front of someone right. instead of just being on social media. Right. You know, ultimately, that's the goal because you want to play with different musicians and have different experiences. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about most tours. Yeah. Anything else that comes to your mind? Happy touring. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Touring is um, something we all want to do. Like I said earlier in general, uh, and it's something that a lot of planning goes into it. Uh, My advice is ask lots of questions. I would say, figure out an area first that's conducive to your music. Write that down. Circle it on a map. Start looking at venues your friends have done. Mm. Let's say you come up with 30 venues. See if they fit for you. Out of those 30, maybe eight work. Mm. Okay, your tour maybe is going to be 10 days. Mm. Contact the venue. See who's there. See what the ticket prices are. Go online, see how much is a flight there. Do you have miles? How are you going to get people there? Figure out how many miles is it between each of the cities? Can you drive? Can you fly? What's the cheapest? What's the most expensive? What's the fastest? Right? Which mode of transportation is going to have the most cost? Baggage. Gas. Figure that out. Put it in an Excel sheet. Add it up. Look at your time frame. Can we logistically do this in 10 days? Will everybody be worn out if we have to drive seven hours between every single gig? You don't really want to do that. You may have to, but you want to break that up. Seven hours today, three hours tomorrow, day off, six hours, one day, two hours the next day. Okay. Is food included with the venues? Mm -hmm. Are you buying the food for the band? Right. Are there locations where you can stop and get the food? What is the food? Right. Do you need to change money? Do they take your credit cards? Do they only take debit cards? Right. All these things go into setting up a tour. And if you're doing it yourself, these are the things that your band is going to be asking you, whether it's up front or on the gig. Mm. You want to have that already planned out. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. Like I said, write in. Uh, We'll take your comments, suggestions, any information. There's plenty of great websites about putting together a tour and things you need. So definitely do your homework. You do not want to be on a tour and be having five bandmates coming to you, asking you questions that you cannot answer or find out. You don't have to know everything, but you at least want to be able to get online and find out the answer. All right, my name's Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. This is Music Business. What is this? Thank you, and we'll see you later. Peace. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. 